Let's be honest. Life's hard sometimes. We get discouraged, struggle in our faith, and it's easy to feel alone. Despite how you might feel sometimes, know that God's got your back. And so do we. Vision's prayer line team are ready to pray for whatever you're going through. Text your prayer request to 0401 132 888 and we will be praying for you. Or click prayerline at vision.org.au. That's 0401 132 888 or vision.org.au. It's another way Vision is helping you look to God daily. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hello, it's Neil Johnson. Welcome to today's 2020 podcast on the Vision Radio Network. You can hear 2020 weekdays on Vision from 10am Australian Eastern Standard Time. As we end another year and head towards a new one in 2014, Let's get a snapshot of where we are as Aussies. Social researcher Mark McCrindle of McCrindle Research is back with us today. He's got his finger on the pulse when it comes to changing trends and he's back with us today to talk about Aussies and the year ahead. Hello, Mark McCrindle. Welcome back to 2020. Oh, thanks so much, Neil. Great to be with you. Mark, I know you just uh, almost swim in an avalanche of information that's happening in the nation. The statistics that you must have your head around, just mind-boggling. But as we end another year and as we look towards the future, what is the best way to look at what's happening in Australia now with trends? Well, it's good, as you said, to look at trends across what we say is a multifactorial approach. So you you look at a number of trends and see where they intersect. I guess thinking about the future, it's sort of like any navigation. You're looking ahead. You're looking at, at where you haven't got to but where you're going. And when you're navigating out there, you try to triangulate. You try to look at a few sight lines and, and, and where those lines intersect, that's where you're headed. And, and I think it's like that with trends as well. So it can be useful to look at you know, generational change, demographic shifts, economic trends, even technology and how that transforms things. And, and by looking at the intersection of those trends, you get a pretty good idea of uh, where we're headed. Uh, let's focus in then on uh, one particular aspect and let's pick up on families. Mm. Is there particular family trends that are happening in Australia right now? Yes. In fact, the family is in, in good health in so many ways because if you look at the family of today, actually families remain together longer. You know, we think about uh, younger people as being more independent and, and moving more frequently through a lot of careers and through a lot of educational opportunities. But actually, from a family perspective, parents are on duty later in life because the kids are staying at home longer in life. And this means that the influence of parents is greater than ever before. We sometimes think that uh, the parents have less influence today because young people are so influenced by technology and by their peer group and social media. But actually, the role of parents on their children and the length of time that they will have them in the household has never been greater with the average young person staying at home into the mid-20s today. So, so I think families are, um, are strong in that regard and in many ways you know, lasting longer. Um, even if you look at marriage in Australia, we've just set record marriage numbers in the last 12 months, 121,000 marriages. Now, the population continues to grow as well, but, but marriage is in good health from that perspective. Uh, from uh, childbirth and, and children in households, we also see some strong trends there in that we've set record births in Australia in the last 12 months. It's not as though um, 
people aren't having kids anymore. They actually, well, as a nation, we're having more than ever. And in fact, for the first time in 100 years in the last year, the family size or the household size has actually increased. For the last century, it moved 100 years ago from four and a half people per household. We got down to two and a half people per household, and it's just turned up a little bit, up to 2.6 people per household. So we've turned around that declining trend. And, um, and so in that regard, slightly more people in the household than there used to be a few years ago. Mark, you mentioned uh, we've got kids staying at home longer, and it might be because uh, these days you, uh, you have to get a university degree to get an ordinary job. Is that something that's good for the family unit, do you think, long term? Well, education is, is, is a great thing, of course. I think that families have to recognise that when they're heading the children out to school or university, they're getting just a form of education, a formal education, but the parents have to maintain that character and moral and life skills education. That's not, that can't be outsourced, and that's the role of parents to really raise up those children you know, in, in, in the best way that they can and in that character formation. Um, but, but from a formal perspective, that's right. There is increased education. In fact, if we look at the 30-somethings of today and 40-somethings, Generation X, about one in four of that generation got a university degree. With Generation Y, those in their 20s, it's around one in three are head, heading off to university. And if you look at Generation Z, the children of today, based on the trend lines, it's probably going to be about one in two. So they're getting more education than ever, which is great for their careers. But of course, you know, as they head out there into the university world and and do other um, learning uh, environments as well, it's probably more important than ever that parents really equip their children in not just how to learn, but how to think and how to critically assess what they're being told and uh, and how to really. Um, develop a, a right worldview and not just be swayed by the trends. Mark, recent statistics showed that Aussies are in fact the wealthiest per capita in the world and yet we remain pessimistic uh, about a whole lot of things. Is there any light you can shed on uh, why that would be the case? Yeah, it's very interesting, isn't it, that the economic fundamentals in Australia, certainly compared to other developed nations, are very good. Unemployment is quite low in, in relative terms, uh, less than 6%. And particularly after a global financial crisis, that's good going. Uh, we've got um, uh, earnings increases in terms of salaries going up. We've got uh, uh, households and, and consumers generally starting to spend a little bit more, and that therefore means that you know, the economy is rolling along once more, and we didn't have a recession, and, uh, and things have remained fairly buoyant, even in the tough times globally. But while the economic fundamentals are good, the, I guess you'd say the consumer sentiment, the, the psychology hasn't been as good. And over the last five years, Australian households really have been saving more. They've been paying down the mortgage. They've been a little bit shaken by some of the uncertainties and, uh, and are really looking to make sure they're not um, put in a, in a tough financial position and have to suddenly sell their home. Now, I actually think that's a positive thing as well. If we have moved from this rampant materialism of a decade ago where everyone wanted bigger and better and more and improved and we're actually starting to save a little bit more being a bit more cautious um, then then while it might have a bit of an impact on the economy with a little bit of a, a slowdown in, in spending nationally I think from a household perspective it's probably a good way to go to not be as indebted and so you know overall we see things chugging along fairly well um, with some reasonably good signs uh, for the future even though the mining boom and, uh, and, and investment in China has slowed down a little bit.
Mark McCrindle is a social researcher from McCrindle Research. Mark, stay with us because I'd like to follow through and talk about some of the challenges and the opportunities we might be faced with over this next 12 months. And I'd like to ask you too about uh, things you might know about Christian communities in Australia. Stay with us. We'll come back and talk some more shortly. You're listening to the 2020 podcast on the Vision Radio Network. Well, we're talking about Australia and the trends that are likely to develop over the coming 12 months as we end one year and start a new one for 2014. Mark McCrindle is one of Australia's leading social researchers, heading up McCrindle Research. Mark, when we look ahead to 2014, what challenges and opportunities do we face for the coming new year? Well, there are a few uncertainties. There is a lot of generational change going now. The baby boomers who have been the leaders in businesses and in society are heading into their late 60s now, 67 as of next year, born since the end of World War II. And so they have given stability, a good work ethic, great loyalty uh, to our to our households, to our society, but they are passing the baton on to the next generation and new generations are moving through. So I guess whenever there is any big succession process, when there's wealth transfer, leadership transfer and employment transfer, we've got to make sure that things remain solid. And, uh, and, and I guess that's, that's one uncertainty as new generations step into leadership and roles. This is true nationally. It's true at every individual level of business and, uh, and, and uh, churches and community organizations as well. And ensuring that we can connect with each of those next generations just because we understood perhaps Generation Y when they're in their teenagers doesn't mean we will connect with Generation Z, who the children of today, who have been really shaped in this world of social media and tablet technology and smartphones and, 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 and digital interaction. So, so I think it is important that we all observe the changing times. We, we look at the trends and we perhaps assess what we're doing and how effectively we're engaging with the next generation, even though we might have engaged with the last generation pretty well. Mark, when we talk about the Christian community in Australia, the church, what are your observations about trends that are happening in Christian communities throughout Australia? Well, there are a lot of shifts there and some uncertainties as well. I like in First Chronicles chapter 12, it's talking in the time of King David about the the men of Issachar, and it says they, they understood the times and so knew what Israel was to do. And I think that's, that's where we all need to be. You know, we need to understand the times. The only reason that, that we can know what to do, we can have a strategic response or, or set up some systems or processes, is if we understand the times. And uh, there are some big trends and changes in society at the moment. We've got, as I said, generational change. You've got new ways of generations absorbing information. And so in the past, you would perhaps have church notices or maybe even a website was a way of connecting. But now we've got a generation using social media. They're, they're not connecting through those traditional communications channels. And, and how you connect with this digital generation is a bit harder. They, they're more entertained. They're more distracted. They carry their screens with them in their pockets. And through that, they are constantly bombarded with information and entertainment. And, uh, and then, of course, in a time of great change and shifts and trends, how you communicate timeless truth, how you get them to focus on uh, important things and long-lasting things rather than just um, you know, the latest fad, um, that's, that's a key challenge for the church. 
There's challenges there for the gospel, uh, also challenges for the care ministry of the church too, because uh, tying that in with uh, the demographic changes you're talking about, we've started talking about challenges and opportunities, obviously opportunities of wealth being passed to a new generation, the challenges of caring for that older generation. Those are uh, challenges and opportunities the church also has. That's exactly right, and the church is one of the few organizations in society, one of the few uh, connection points, communities, where it is intergenerational community. You know, most of our society now is stratified based on age, and people are connecting with their community online, but their own age group, or they're at school connecting with their own age group, or people might be in more uh, um, a retirement community connecting with their age group. But when we gather in churches, we've got all of the generations, from the oldest to the youngest, and all connected and, and, and focused and worshipping together and learning together. I think, I think that's a, a great example for our world of diversity, that we can have this community of generational diversity and yet there to be unity and connection in that. And, and you're right, you know, while there's this focus on the younger generation, how can we connect and engage and ensure we're relevant in, in style and, and communication with them, we've also got to remember that the oldest generations in our society, the ones who um, really have been the backbone of the church and are the volunteers and the supporters of many of our community organizations and ministries as well. And, and we have to make sure we care for them. We've got um, an aging population in our society at the moment, and we've got an aging profile even in the church. And so how we can connect with this growing over-65 cohort that by the middle of the century will be three times what it is currently. That creates new opportunities for ministry, for connection, for gospel work, as you've said. And and keep in mind that the older life stages of today don't look like they did a generation ago. Just because someone is in their mid-70s or heading into the 80s doesn't mean that they are uh, looking like the traditional pensioner of the past. They're, they're active, they're younger, longer, they're contributing, they're wanting to make a difference, and they are certainly looking for new forms of social interaction. So I think the church can offer something there, can connect young and old, can can offer true meaning uh, right across the generations and can minister to the young and the old in, in relevant ways. Mark, there are people in church life who do try to keep their fingers on the pulse in their community and monitor the sorts of changes that you've been talking about. Uh, is there a sense in which uh, leaderships in churches need to uh, draw close attention to uh, getting the statistics, understanding the trends? Uh, as you were talking about uh, uh, the Issachar idea mm-hmm. of uh, of discerning the times. There is a sense, isn't there? You've got to have your finger on the pulse. Yeah, that's right. Because, of course, our, our faith and 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 our churches and our focus on God transforms all of our life. It's it's not just and it can't be seen by the world to be just a, a spiritual focus because it informs how we manage our money, how we work in our careers, how we interact with interact with other people, um, our, our values and priorities and, and our communication approaches and, and what drives us in life. And, and I think that's where you have uh, the importance, therefore, of church leaders to understand all of these issues of, of economic change and the fact that households are a little bit under strain financially and, um, and have been uh, you know, tightening their belts. You've got to understand the technology changes and the great opportunities that creates, but also the emerging challenges, problems that that creates. We've got to understand the generational change and, as I said, how we communicate in this world of you know, social media and, um, and bombardment with information. So I think probably almost more than any other 
uh, type of organisation in society, it's important that church leaders really do keep across some of these broad trends uh, to make sure that they can, you know, with, I guess, almost newspaper and trends in one hand and Bible in the other, um, show the relevance of, uh, of the Bible in today's times, in fact, show how it can transform lives and how it can actually give answers to the maladies of the 21st century experience. Well, Mark McCrindle, always tremendous insights when we start talking about trends with you and uh, uh, looking forward to 2014 with its challenges and its opportunities. I'll point people to uh, your website if they'd like to make contact with you at mccrindle.com.au. There'll be a link to the mccrindle.com.au website from our 2020 page too at vision.org.au. Mark McCrindle, always good talking. Thanks so much for being with us today on 2020. You're welcome. Thanks so much, Neil. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.